The following contains explicit language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Sober Sense Podcast, making sense of sobriety by sharing our experience, motivation, and insight. Whether you're active in recovery, sober curious, or just looking for some personal growth content, you've come to the right place. So let's get to it with your hosts, Todd, Brent, and Jonathan. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Sober Sense Podcast. This episode is presented commercial-free by the Rule 62 Foundation, a nonprofit empowering people to live happy, healthy, and fulfilling lives in addiction recovery through life-building programs and sober social events. If you're struggling with addiction, know someone who is, or want to make a donation, visit r62foundation.org for details. That's r62foundation.org. What's up, buddy? What's up, Todd? Man, so good to be back in the chair. I know. I, fucking, I love doing this shit. I love being here. Getting back into the swing of it, especially after the busy holidays, uh, just to get back into a routine. You yeah, know, we, yeah. we talk about how important having a routine is. This is a big part of mine and yours, I'm yeah, sure. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean. It feels good to be back in the chair. What, you know, the day we're supposed to be here, the time we're supposed to be, I just love being back in routine. You know, the routine really has changed everything the way I do nowadays. And what's funny is that routine helps keep you on track. Obviously, it's a routine, but it helps keep me grounded. And whenever there's something lingering that I have to do and I'm exhausted and I don't want to do it and I'm like, ah, fuck, I should just cancel or I don't want to go. Typically, those things, when I push through because it is my routine, I feel great after uh, I did exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. That sense of accomplishment is just like, oh, fuck yeah, you the man. Upholding the promise that I made to myself. Uh, I, like, I'm beat right now. Earlier today for work, I had a big client presentation. I hosted a webinar on their behalf, presenting findings from a project, from a data analytics project that we did. And I had presented to them and their executive staff, and they then wanted to open up to their entire internal staff and invited everybody. And so I did two back-to-back hour-long webinars today where there was probably like 75 people on the call or on the webinar. And so I was having to go through the presentation and dude, I did. I woke up this morning. I do not want to do it. I want it to get canceled partly cause I'm nervous uh-huh. cause that's a lot of people uh-huh. and a big deal. Uh, but then also partly I'm just not in the mood to do it. And you know, I'm like checking my emails, hoping like it gets canceled, <laughs> push it back, push it back a week or whatever. Anybody come on. <laughs> yeah. But it ended up going incredibly well. To the point where one of the listeners is also a professor at a university in the Midwest. And they had called our client to invite us, the me and my bosses, to fly us out to present this report and these data analytics findings to their uh, college wow. class wow. At, at a university. Wow, yeah. that's sick. So dude. then I look, I look like a rock star to my bosses. Oh, yeah. You know, the oh, client yeah. is super stoked that you know they they hired us, all that stuff. And so again, that's one of those just push through, follow through with the commitment. Just show up. Just yeah. show up. Do my do best. The footwork, and yeah. then shit ends up working out. Just like and just like now, I, you know, I'm fucking exhausted. I was beat, and then coming over here. But now that I'm sitting in the chair with you i'm fucking stoked to be here yeah yeah i get it i get i get the same thing you know uh 
keeping my word to myself because I would never do that before. You know, it was always, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll exercise tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. You know, and tomorrow goes. Now, you know, like you said, when I, when I tell myself I'm going to do something, I fucking do it, you know, and just to be able to build my self-esteem that way, you know, from doing esteemable things to myself, mm. you know, I think, uh, when I was out there, the person I abused the most more than anybody was me, mm. you know, not just physically and mentally, but emotionally spirit, you know, nobody uh, hated me more than me. And when you flake out on shit, it's never enjoyable to do whatever you were going to do. Like if I'm exhausted and I flake out on a responsibility just to chill, I never get to chill cause I'm fucking stressed out about having flaked on whatever it was I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it really is. It's just showing up. That's our, that's our only job, show up and, and uh, let God handle the rest. Do the footwork and show up. Well, that's a good transition because just show up and do the footwork is something that you've told me since day one. Todd is my sponsor. What, 2016 was when we first started this? Yep. yep yeah. yeah, 2016. And so advice like that that you gave me in 2016 just show up and do the footwork i countless times you've given me that same advice since then and every single time it's fucking applicable and every single time i need to hear it well what's great is not every single time i've told you that everything's come out the way you wanted it to you know, every time that you've showed up and maybe it didn't come out the way you wanted it mm. or expected it, it came out exactly the way it was supposed to. And maybe a month later, you're like, motherfucker. Ah, there it is. There, yeah. Fuck. I'm glad that happened that way. So this could happen now this way. Yep. But, but this guidance that you gave me and the guidance over time over the past six plus years is what I want to talk about today. The cornerstone, the foundation of Alcoholics Anonymous of recovery from a 12-step standpoint is sponsorship. Having a sponsor, being a sponsor, being a sponsor, being a sponsor, having a sponsor, that is such a huge part. However, that was one of the biggest, if not the biggest hurdle I had to, to deal with in early recovery because at that time in my life, the last fucking thing I wanted was someone telling me what to do. The last fucking thing I wanted was to have accountability and to have someone checking in on me and having to do fucking work. Having a babysitter. Having a babysitter, exactly. And so continuing on this year of trying to share actionable insights, actionable tips and advice through our experience, today I want to focus on the idea of sponsorship, being a sponsor, having a sponsor, and... My experience when I first got out of detox and I was in IOP, everyone kept saying, you got to get a sponsor. You got to get a sponsor. And in my head, I'm like, I, that, I understand that works for you guys, <laughs> but I don't fucking need that because I am going to think my way through this. Right. I am, I am going to use intellect to guide myself. You're going to use your analytics yes. to get you out of yep. this. I am going to, I am going to work myself through this because that shit's worked so well up to this point. Right. And <laughs> you're so much smarter. Exactly. You got to remember you're smarter than anybody in there. Everybody else. Without and, a doubt. And you know what? Now that I'm sober, I'm even smarter than I was before. <laughs> I just leveled my shit up. I like the, I, this, this can't go wrong. Yeah. But so then part of graduating from IOP was 
I had to get a sponsor. And the counselor of IOP was pretty adamant and, and following up. And he actually would be at the Sunday beach meeting where I was at all the time. And so he'd always check in, Hey, did you get a sponsor? Hey, did you get a sponsor? No. And then more and more people around me who have time, who have even three months, six months, which for me seemed fucking insurmountable that amount of time. You got to get a sponsor. You got to do the steps. So part of my deal with myself was that I was going to give it all I had. I was going to put in the effort I knew I was capable of early on. And if it didn't work out after 15 months or so, then I'd be able to, I'd allow myself to go back to drinking, but I had to give it my all. I had to give it my best effort. And part of that was getting a sponsor. And I was at the Sunday beach meeting and this fucking guy, you know, raises his hand to share and starts talking about, ancient aliens and you know how he's too smart for the program and too smart for God and a higher power. And you know, he he's talking about his experiences with early recovery and I perk up because all that shit that was speaking my fucking <laughs> language. And so, you know, I'm like, dude, okay, if I have to get a sponsor, this is my guy. Now at that moment, it had taken everything in me to even accept the fact within myself that I needed to get a sponsor that was a fucking huge step forward. But now the physical act of going up and asking someone to be my sponsor, that is fucking difficult. That is so hard because it's like going up and asking someone on a date. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I had to do the same thing, you know, and I was in the same position. Like how, when, when I'm trying, so, uh, you know, one of the things when we were prepping for today and talking, we were going to talk about sponsorship and I was trying to think what advice I could give to someone or go back to myself sitting on that beach, afraid to go up to you and ask you to be my sponsor. What's a piece of advice that I could give someone who, who's afraid or nervous or reluctant to go up to ask someone to be their sponsor. What advice do you have there? I, I don't have any because it's fucking, it fucking sucks no matter what. Yeah, exactly. There's no, it isn't like, Oh, just suck it up and do it. You know, you've got to be willing to go. You've got, and you're right. It's hard. I, you know, Brent and I went through the same uh, rehab. We went through Hoke hospital and we both talk about uh, the same counselor, uh, Rick, and in same thing, the whole time I'm there, you know, you got to get a sponsor. You got to get a sponsor. You got to get a sponsor. And quite frankly, I don't know what a fucking sponsor is. Okay. I honestly think at the time that like this guy, I, I'm going to ask him to be my sponsor and he's going to give me like a coat with his company name on it, you know, and I'm, <laughs> you know, he's sponsoring me. I don't even know what it fucking means. Fuck yeah. You he's going to pay my rent. He's yeah, I, pay my bills. I don't know Fuck what yeah, it meant. Stay you sober, know? I'm into it. But it just shows you how fucked up the wiring in my brain was at the time i couldn't make a rational decision i wasn't capable of making an intelligent decision my brain was so fucked up from the drugs and alcohol i couldn't put a sentence together i couldn't put a complete thought together how the fuck am i how am i supposed to know what the fuck a sponsor is mm. you know and and i really struggled with it but the exact same thing happened to me that happened to you. This guy was sharing, you know, and I'm listening to him and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's like talking to me. He knew he was talking about how I felt inside this blackness, this darkness, this weight. And, you know, this guy had like seven years and I was just like, that was just way beyond anything I could comprehend. And uh, I, I went up after this guy, he was doing a panel in Hogue. 
you know, before he walked out the door, man, I'm like, hey, how would you sponsor me? And uh, it was really cool. <laughs> Jump from behind the corner. Totally, <laughs> man. That's how I felt like. Bum, bum rush him in the parking lot. Hey, be my sponsor. That's how I felt, man, you know. And, uh, and it was so funny because what he told me that day, it was true that day. And I told you the same thing. It's true today. He says, Todd, you know, for this thing to work, even for a smart guy like you, it only takes three things open-minded, willing, and honest. He says, you know, I'm not your coach. I'm not your mommy. I'm not your daddy. I'm not your banker. I'm not your fucking therapist. I'm your sponsor. My job is to take you through these steps. Are you willing to go through any lengths, open-minded, willing, and honest, and go through these steps? Yeah, whatever you want, you know. (laughs) Yeah, please help me, you know. And uh, that's where the journey began. And I got to tell you, so, so this is how, well... You know, I honestly believe God puts sponsor sponsee together. I think, I honestly think it's divine inter- intervention that matches people up, you know, me and you and, and me and my sponsor, you know, because, uh, you know, as, as we got to know each other, you know, everybody, I always heard, you know, you got to work these steps. You got to work them really hard. You got to work these steps. And I'm like, you know, I'm fucking lazy. Yeah. I, I don't want to work. Okay. <laughs> And my sponsor knew knew me well enough. He goes, oh, Todd, don't worry. We're not going to work these steps. And I'm like, fuck yeah, man. He goes, oh, yeah, Todd, we're going on an adventure, man. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, all she had to do was change the way I, I perceived things, the way I looked at something, you know. And it was uh, for me to... To, instead of work these steps, I'm going on an adventure. I'm going on a treasure hunt, he tells me. I like that. You know? We're going on a fucking treasure hunt. I'm like, fuck yeah, we are. You know? Because now I want to do these. Mm. It's an adventure. It's a treasure hunt, man. And check this out. It was. You know? Because at the end, you know, 1 through 12 took me just like a funnel. And it took me right down to a direct personal intimate relationship with a god of my understanding the treasure i got to find was myself and a god of my understanding best treasure that could ever be bestowed on any human being i remember when i walked up and asked you to be my sponsor you said yes you went right to your trunk got step one paperwork handed it to me and said call me when you're ready you you gave me the same spiel I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm not, I'm not your therapist. I'm not your mommy. I'm not your daddy. I'm not your babysitter. I'm not going to be calling you all day, every day. He's and you said, I will be willing to put in the level of work you're willing to put in. If you call me and want to meet, I'll be there. If you want to go over step work, I'll read it and we'll go through it, but I'm not going to be chasing after you. And I vividly remember because my biggest hangup out of IOP was, I don't want fucking someone telling me what to do. I want to be in control of this. I want to run the show. I don't want to, I I dreaded having to call someone and talk to someone every day. I fucking dreaded that. (laughs) I dreaded having someone over my shoulder, watching me go through these steps, telling me what I'm doing wrong. Fuck all that. And then when you gave me the step one paperwork, and you said, call me when you're ready. And that was the extent of it. And I went and sat in my car and looked at the paperwork. And I was like, dude, he didn't tell me what to do. Like, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? I, I don't know. Now I'm fucking lost. And I, and I turned my head. I looked to go because I wanted to go back up to ask you for more information. Because now I realized, holy fuck, I need someone to tell me what to do. Because I don't know what I'm doing. And it was almost that I needed someone like you to tell me, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Yeah, for for that 
resistance, that angst, that fight the system, fight that uh, mentality. Fuck the man. <laughs> yeah. For, I, I needed someone to, to agree with that in order for me to break that down and then to be able to want and be open and recognize, holy fuck, I need help. I, I need guidance. I need someone to tell me what to do because I'm looking at this step one. What the fuck is this? You know, I, I have no fucking clue. Yeah, I remember telling you, I go, you know, if you call me and I don't answer, you fucking leave a message, you know, because half the time I'm not going to answer. <laughs> but if you call back, I'll pick up first ring. Yes, that's what you said is if it, I mean, you own a business, you got shit going on. Call me, leave a message. I'll call you back as soon as possible. If it's an emergency, call me again and I'll drop whatever I'm doing to pick up. And you've held true to that. When, when shit was an emergency, you picked up on that second call. Uh, otherwise you've been as steady and reliable as you said you were from the beginning. But I think one thing, you know, I, I had been talking about before, if I could go back to that old Brent sitting on the beach, nervous about going up to ask you to be my sponsor, uh, aside from you just got to fucking do it because that's how this shit works is you've if got you to live. If you want to live, you've just got to fucking do it. In addition to that, I would tell myself, Todd is here and he's sharing because he wants to help people. Yeah. If people are active at meetings, if you've seen them there before, if they're sharing, if at the point in the meeting when they say, are you willing to be a permanent or temporary sponsor, raise your hand and someone raises their hand, it's because they want to fucking help you. Yeah. And, and like you don't understand. I don't think you realize until you become a sponsor how good it makes you feel to have somebody like you walk up guy I've never seen before walk up to me on the beach and say, Hey, will you sponsor me? You know, that, 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 is, that is the best hit of drug I could ever ask for. You know, it's that type of high. And every time you call, you know, or every time we go through step work, I'm going through it again, you know, so I get to keep making myself better at the same time we're, we're healing together and growing stronger together as a unit, you know, and it's just, I found that, you know, that's what this whole community is about. It's about helping each other, lifting each other up at the same time, not one guy pulling and another guy pushing. It's we're all lifting, we're all paddling in the same boat, going in the same direction, in the same sequence, you know? And I think this is also a reminder for me and for us and anyone listening, the value of raising your hand and sharing at meetings, even if it's something short and sweet, even if it's just fucking glad to be here, happy to be here, anybody needs help, call me, come meet me, uh, see me yeah, after the yeah. meeting and I'll talk. Because you raising your hand that day, fucking saved my life hand no, that is not an over exaggeration you raising your hand and sharing that day inspired me to go ask you to be my sponsor and that sent that that is a fucking pivotal moment in my entire life that sent my life down a completely different path than it was headed and i think at that moment a lot of the fear that I had about going up to ask you to be my sponsor the nervousness part of it was because up till that point in my life, there was no selfless act that I had performed. Everything was a quid pro quo. Everything uh -huh. was a, what am I going to get out of it? And so in my mind, I'm thinking, why the fuck would this guy want to help me when I have nothing to offer? I have no money. I have no prospects. I have no positive qualities in me at this moment. I want to get there and that's where I'm going to go ask him. But in my mind, a lot of the hangup was that 
I I have never had a relationship like we have today. Uh-huh. I've I, never had a relationship where someone just out of the goodness of their heart, a fucking stranger that I walk up to on the street is willing to dedicate their time to me over a period of months, hours and hours over a period of months. And now years. For nothing. And now years. For free. Ah. For nothing. Ah. Like going like it was so unreasonable in my mind to expect anyone to say yes to that. But like I'd said before, you were there at that meeting because you wanted to be there and you wanted to do that because it makes you feel good. And because right. you get to go through the steps again. And it makes your sobriety and recovery stronger. stronger without a doubt. And so when we talk about the the sponsorship, a sponsor, sponsee relationship being the foundation of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's because that's how we fucking build the system. And we laugh about it being a pyramid scheme. Yeah, and totally. It is. It is. <laughs> no, it really is. It's brainwashing. It's a cult. It's pyramid. Whatever you want to call it. No, I, I laugh because uh, how many sponsees do you have right, oh, right I, now? I don't know. Maybe eight or ten. And you've had – how many have you had throughout your sobriety? Oh, over a hundred. Yeah. 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 And, easy. And a they, couple hundred easy. And yeah. they have sponsees. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then those sponsees probably at yeah, this point yeah, have sponsees. Yeah, yeah. So you see, you're at the top of that pyramid, the pyramid scheme. You're at the top and you feel fucking amazing that you've changed all of these lives, the ripple effect of your actions. And you've had the sobriety and you're fucking sitting up top and you feel amazing about yourself because you've done the right thing for so many years. Now, imagine at the bottom of that pyramid going down a sponsee to then a sponsee, sponsee to then a sponsee, sponsee, sponsee. And that guy who's early in recovery feels like dog shit, Uh right? He's got fucking nothing. But if he gets people under him, and he then gets he stays sober long enough to have sponsees, and then they have sponsees. It's like you you get people in your down channel. That, it's that. a fucking. Well, it's a well, fucking. That's the thing, but you're never at the tip of the pyramid. There's always people above right, you. Right, always, right. always. Barry W. Uh, Dale. Right. I mean, these people. You know, my sponsor Marcus. I mean, Bob. I mean, these people are my gut, my heroes. You know, they saved my life. So I'm just, I'm just another fucking triangle in the goddamn thing. I'm not on top. I'm not on bottom. I'm just there. You know. And, and I say it's a pyramid scheme in the best fucking possible way. Yeah. I, you know, because everybody gets to be at the tip of the pyramid. It's not a scam. It, but it is. You get what you put into it. You get out what you put into it. It's guaranteed success rate if you do the work and you follow through and and you you are consistent with the level well, of effort. Well, you, you know, in. in my 14 and a half years of sobriety now, I am 100% in my uh, sponsorship. 100%. Oh, success rate? Success rate. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 100%. Are you? Yeah. 100%. Why? I don't believe you. Why, why is your, why are you I haven't like drank, that? man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them have. I haven't. <laughs> so the success rate is... 100%. So th- this transitions perfectly because one of the things that I wanted to talk about, I, 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 you know, I'm not proud to say it, but I've had very limited experience as a sponsor. I've had a couple here and there throughout my years, but I, I am not as involved, I think, as I, as I should be, as I want to be. As I, you need to be. As I need to be. Uh, I've had, you know, the first two or three that I had did not last long. And one well, of the- got one that's been there a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But my challenge, especially the first sponsee, the first one, I remember I was so stoked when they came up to ask me, 
will you be my sponsor? Just like you had explained about the um, you at the beach meeting. It felt so fucking good, dude. That was the hit. That was a high. Oh, I, like yeah. I couldn't, oh, I yeah. couldn't, when it I, is. when I left there, cause it was after a meeting, I left there and I was on fucking cloud nine. But then as we started going through the process and me realizing I have no fucking clue what I'm doing, it's scary uh-huh. to be a sponsor <laughs> for the first time. It's scary because that, I, I that felt is. I had a sense of responsibility that, that this person was counting on me. And I also had a struggle with, how emotionally invested I get. That's the fucking tough part. Brother. That's that's what I, that is tough. That's man. what I wanted to get your man, your, you know, and, and it be prepared for, well, you know, well, a lot, of, you know, so uh, let, let's say you're talking to someone out there who either, uh, has never had a sponsor or, or or I'm sorry, a sponsee. If there's someone in recovery have has never had a sponsee or they're early in their, their sponsorship experience, what advice or what tips would you give them to manage that emotional investment? Ooh, that's a really good question because for me, everyone's different. Every single one of every single one of the men that I work with are different. So every, every single one has a different personality, different needs, different strengths, different weaknesses. And, uh, for me, it's just being authentic you know, like, uh, um, like I said earlier, I really believe that God put matches sponsor sponsee together, but you got to ask and you got to be, put yourself out there to become one. You can't just think that somebody's going to come and tap you on the shoulder and go, Hey, will you sponsor me when you're not raising your hand? You're not sharing, you're not participating. Um, it's super important for a sponsor to be consistent. Um, no matter what it is at meetings, you know, sitting in the same chair every time, uh, at the same meetings, you know, I can't tell you, you know, uh, one of my sponsors told me that early on, he says, Todd, you always sit in the same seat. He goes, it doesn't do anything. It may not do anything for you, but it does uh, a lot for people who are constantly coming in and out. 100%. Because they still see your ass sitting in that same fucking seat. You're still sober. Something must be working. When I would go to the Sunday beach meeting, that was my big one when I first got out of uh, detox and out of IOP. And seeing the same characters sitting in the same spots raising their hand at the same time, saying the same thing. Now, fucking after six years of hearing it, I'm like, fuck that, dude. I'm so sick of you. But remembering what that did for me when I was 30 days, 45 days clean, that shit was a rock for me to lean on. And so I know where I'm sick of it because I've heard their same shit over and over. I can look around and like you said, the people coming in and out or the people who got bust there from uh, rehab or from sober living, it's making a huge difference for them. And that's what makes it worth it. I agree. I agree. And that's, you know, part of that, the people who are above me, Mm -hmm. what they've taught me and where, you know, in this pyramid that we talked about, you know, I'm just, I'm just another fucking cog. Uh, doing what was taught to me and uh the biggest thing i did i was the same way i didn't know what the fuck i was doing yeah but i had a sponsor for that i would uh. call my sponsor <laughs> hey man yeah. you know this guy's you know he's got a really fucked up relationship with his mom man i don't know how to fucking handle this well you know and, and we talk it through and uh 
Um, I, because he would have experience or if he didn't have, Oh, you know, you need to call Wendy on this, Todd. She's going to know about this. Or you you need to call Phil. Phil has experience in this. And we have that network that, that we've built over these years and years of, uh, working with others of working with others. And we get to, you know, my, my fiance's a a clinical psychologist, a doctor. And, uh, she hears me talking to uh, guys sometimes and, uh, you know, not not in private, but, you know, we're in a group or whatever. And uh, Todd, Todd, I call Todd. This call may be recorded for quality assurance by my fiance. But, uh, you know, she's amazed at at the stability that I have with sponsees. But that comes from years of experience. You know, there's going to you're going to have a lot. I had a lot of death. You know, and having to do the hardest is having to deal with the children of the father who OD'd or drank himself or got in a car. Man, man, that, that, that's hard, you know? And, uh, but at the same time, it's God does something, you know, it, 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 I'm just God's bitch. That's it, man. I'm just his, I'm just God's bitch. I'm his mouthpiece, you know, and I'll open my mouth and whatever comes out is from my heart. And I honestly feel like it's God just speaking through me to these kids or these wives or, or these moms or dads, man. And, uh, it's something how I, I feel at peace with God, you know, it brings, you know, it's those times of the death and the, and the hurt and that pain that I really feel the presence of God in my life. And that's why it doesn't, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not like, Oh my God, he's going to OD. You know, it's like, Whatever's going to happen is going to, that's God's business. That's not mine. All I have to do is show up. That's it. How I think you relying and looking to your sponsor for guidance on how to be a sponsor is perfect. Like that, that is the perfect advice. We all have, you have me, I have Bob, I got, you know, we have all these people in our lives to help now. You've been around long enough to where, you know, if you came up with a problem, oh, Jonathan will know better yeah. than, you know, yeah. or, or, you know what, Chip will be a good guy to ask this to because you have experience yeah. now and you have a depth of knowledge of the program now. But one of the things, I guess, to, to get more specific and nuanced in getting advice or, or input from you based on your experience, you've got someone who you've spent a year and a half with You've got someone who you've connected with and you've spent six weeks with and they they either relapse or they die or whatever. How do you manage the emotional investment so that it doesn't derail your life and, and your sobriety? Because when when I first accepted the request to be a sponsor. When that first guy came up and said, will you be my sponsor? I, in my mind, immediately felt responsible for his sobriety. Uh I immediately, I felt this guy's success. It hinges on me Uh fucking doing a good job. That's your fucking ego though. That's your ego. That's your, man, you got to set your ego aside. You want to hear, and I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound like a dick or anything. Yeah, you do. But I'm gonna, I I, I am. And, and, you know, I don't know how you're going to take it or whatever. But when somebody else dies, my first thought, better them than me, is my first thought. Call me a dick, call me whatever. But it's fact. Yeah, it is fucking fact. Because they are me. I know what they want. I know they are me. And uh, 
but for the grace of God. And uh, I remember that every time. They're a reminder. And what I do then, I fucking double down on whatever it is. I go to an extra meeting. I make an extra phone call, whatever. I double down because I know, I know I'm just one, one lie away from something like that because it starts with our behavior before it ever gets to drink. You just fucking blew my mind with that ego comment. Like, I can't stop thinking about that. The idea that I assert myself as being responsible for someone's sobriety in my mind, I'm being a good guy. I, that's me caring. That's me feeling like I'm committed and I want to help this person so bad, but you're fucking right. Like that is 100% my ego because who the, who who the, the fuck are you? Who the fuck <laughs> am I to have any control over what this fucking person does? Like they came, asked me to be my sponsor because they want my advice. I, like they're not going to fucking listen to everything that I say. <laughs> exactly right. And, and, and if I, and they may never fucking call you because, <laughs> and they didn't, uh, because the, you know, I, I envision where let's say you, you miss a late night phone call. You wake up and at 1am your sponsee had called you. Right. And then the next day you find out they relapsed and died. And I was, Oh my fucking God. Like it's my fault. Right. Like yeah. that. It's my fault. Like that, that, would be me feeling like I, I care, like I, I'm taking a responsibility for this because I should have picked up the phone. I should have done this, da 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 But you are 100% right on the flip side. That is ego. Yeah, that- but even then not picking up the phone call because it has happened to me. It hasn't died, but they did realize it has happened to me. And uh, the, honestly, I was no fucking guilt. I was asleep. You know, if God wanted me to wake up, I would have woke up. Well, and I think the reality is if one missed phone call led to a relapse, they were going to relapse anyway. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like whatever happened after that point, it was going to happen if not, let's, let's not say. not then, the next day or the next it day. It would have prolonged the relapse. But whatever, if it was that fragile, something was going to send them over that edge. Yeah. And, and no matter what you say, it is isn't going to real, but, but again, everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to happen. <laughs> I'm still, you know? I'm still and, laughing, dude. Cause no, no joke in my head coming into this conversation. The biggest thing was the emo- balancing the emotional investment and how we, because you get invested in someone, you care so much. I've committed so much time to a sponsee. I, I have volunteered my time with them and and I want them to succeed. And I do feel a sense of attachment and responsibility to however this plays out because of all of that time and energy and commitment. But 100%, that is is my fucking ego trip, dude. That is me thinking... Look, I I changed this guy's life. I'm fucking, I'm the reason that he's like, so what a fucking dick I am. Like, what? No, but no, but you have to understand there is a flip side to that, Brent, because it does hurt. It does hurt. It's that disappointment hurt. It isn't like I'm a failure hurt. It's like, fuck, I hurt. I empathize. The empathy uh, really stings because you know how bad they want it and, and you know, it, and it hurt. It still hurts. I, I think that's the, the tip or the advice that I was trying to get, get to is the hurt is going to happen, but it's important to understand what the hurt is. Correct. Not, not attaching 
a sense of accountability or responsibility to the hurt. The hurt is empathy. Or the sense of accomplishment to the joy. Yes. Yeah, you're right. And, and the joy is not, you didn't do shit. Exactly. Yeah. You had nothing yeah. to fucking do with it. Yeah. Nothing. Wow. So from a bigger picture, I this is... This is great because I'm fucking learning a lot right now. <laughs> I, I honestly did not expect the conversation to go like this. The, the, I, my eyes are being open to things <laughs> that I hadn't even realized or thought about. It was fucking amazing. But on both ends of the spectrum, I, I as a sponsor, am a vehicle to help support someone who is then making their own decisions and has their own relationship with God, which is playing out exactly as it's supposed to completely independently of me. Correct. I, the I, ultimate I, tool. I, I'm showing up. I'm helping in ways that I can. I'm doing the footwork. Anything outside of that good or bad is not a reflection of me at all. At all. At all. Wow. Good or bad. Good or bad. Wow. Except I'm going to take the good ones. I'm going to take credit for the good ones. They feel good. They do and, feel good. And they, and they do bring that sense of uh, uh, worth, to not worth, but uh, like this is my destiny. This is what I'm supposed to be doing in yeah. life. That sense of uh, that I helped another human being. I helped. I, I, I'm doing God's work. And you're right. It's that, that hit of dopamine, that hit of adrenaline. When when you see a success, how you keep chasing. So like with the rule 62 foundation, we've been sending people, uh, with the sobriety scholarship through sober living. We'll get contacted by someone who's fresh out of rehab or fresh out of detox, or didn't even have the resources to go to rehab or detox. And they're sobering up at a sober living and we sign them on. We, we approve where they go through the process. We approve them for a sobriety scholarship and then we're doing weekly check-ins we're, we're with them for three months following along their journey uh, providing guidance offering support all of these things and then when the when the baby bird takes flight uh-huh, and, is, uh-huh. and you see that little glimpse or that glimmer of success and you see the light in their eye and hear it in their voice yeah. bro there is no fucking better feeling in the Ever. world nothing nothing comes close to that there there was one of them uh, this was a couple months ago i think it was one of our first ones actually uh, that we supported as the found on behalf of the foundation tennessee? yeah who? yeah what was it? from tennessee yeah 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 so he had sent a text uh after we, you know we, we had to cut him off because we got to have a, a limit because we want to help more people right and so here we are like oh he's gonna be fucking pissed you know <laughs> how do we break the news da, da, da. but he was just like yeah i totally get it thank you you know i frankly i like you guys gave me the support i needed to get a job get my feet on the ground get and now, his tools get his tools, get his tools to start a company start his business and now i can do my own thing but he sent a text message with with a somewhat of a testimonial uh talking about you know where he was uh when he first contacted us how it was you know over the previous three or four or the past three or four months and then where he's at now and what he's looking at forward and i read this text and you know i I talked uh, to my now fiance i was like dude you got to hear this and because i got approval from him to use it as a testimonial for Uh our foundation and so i shared it i read it uh, to my fiance and I fucking start bawling, dude. I just cry. I can't, I'm getting uh, choked up. Like I can't uh, even uh. get through reading it because the impact that, that such a relatively small thing for us 
changed a A fucking life. life. And so that feeling in that moment, I knew this is what I want to be doing for my life. My whole life This is what I want to do. No amount of bonus at work, no pay raise, no accolade, no award, no yeah, nothing no trophy, no has ever enough. held a candle to the way that I felt reading that text message. At that moment. And yeah. that's what the program is. And so, uh, you know, bringing it back, circling back to the idea of sponsorship, that's the opportunity that we have. When we're proactive, we raise our hand at a meeting and we're willing to go be a sponsor for somebody. That's the opportunity that we have to feel that way. And But, but, but to have that disconnection and to know what's all happening on God's will and on God's time. And we are just a vehicle to be supporting. And, and yeah, I, I feel like my job as a sponsor is to take my sponsee's hand and put it in the hand of God. It's really that simple to eventually get there. It may take years, years to get there, but they get there eventually. If, they're staying involved. They're taking the suggestions. Uh, they get there that day, and and that that's 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 the touchdown, man. That's the hit of dopamine. Another piece of advice, or something for you all out there to think about. Going back to picturing myself uh, sitting on the beach, contemplating, trying to get the courage to go up and ask Todd to be my sponsor. Knowing what I know now about how good it feels to help someone else, knowing what I know now about the joy and the life-changing experiences that I've had as a sponsor and that I've had with the foundation. And Todd, this is something that that you on a, on a larger, broader scale uh, had shared with me a long time ago. And I still tell myself this and I tell my friends and family this all the time. And when I have reservations about asking someone for help because I don't want to bother them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I need help with this. Yeah, I don't want to ask. I don't want to bother them. Be inconvenient. Yeah, I feel bad, right? And then you turned to me and you said, hey, Brent, doesn't it feel good to help people? Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't you like helping people? You want to help people? Absolutely. Well, when you don't ask other people for help, you rob them of that experience. Joy. Yeah. You rob them of that joy. And so by you asking for help, you're spreading that joy. And that just fucking flipped my entire perception and perspective on looking back on Brent sitting on the beach, contemplating, uh, going up to ask you to be my sponsor. If I could go back and and go up and, and, you know, tell my former self something, I would, I would let them know the amount of joy that you're about to bring into this this guy a favor. Go, go do this guy a favor. Yes. You want to do this guy solid? You want to make somebody really happy? Go, go at That's That's great advice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. How we circle all the way around, all yeah. of this yimri yammering back and forth, and we came to that. Yeah. Tell your, do you tell that person that you're, go do that guy a favor? Go ha- make him happy today. And if you, if I, if I told myself that, and then I walked up to you and you were like, yeah, I'm not into it. And then I would have said, you know what, then I dodged a bullet. Because you you would not have been the person that was right exactly. for me. Well, you know, I wanted really quick before we wrap this up, I wanted to say a little bit more on sponsorship, okay? There's a sponsor for everybody. Um, you and I work fabulously together, you know, because it's like I told you, I'm not your mommy, I'm not your daddy, I'm not your coach, not your therapist. There are those, though, in the program that need that. 
that need the militants. You call me at 6 a.m., yeah. you read page 42 and 43, you do this at 7, you do this at 8, they need you the call me ass. at 9. They need that prison mentality. Yeah. And that won't work for me. Wouldn't work for you. No. But it works for others. So there isn't like one style that works across all brands. That's a good point. There's a different style for everybody. People need that prison mentality to be told, you know, nine o'clock this, 10 o'clock this, 11 o'clock this. I think another, this brings up another great point, breaking up with a sponsor. If we grow out of sponsors, we don't really break up with spot. We'll grow out of them. Um, I've done it a couple times because we grow to a point where, but isn't there a different level of spirituality maybe right I, I yeah i think you're you're putting it more politely but the reality is there would have to be a conversation right where i say hey guess what this isn't working out for me i'm going to seek sponsorship elsewhere totally yeah. and so that's okay but it, but again from a sponsor standpoint that'll make me happy because yeah. it tells me you're changing you're growing ah. you need more help than i could give you yeah so you're you're actually taking better care of yourself so i'm happy about that and now i want you to do that because that means you've grown and you see you need something other than what i have to offer you and where we talk about the the successes and failures feeling directly attached to that me as a sponsor i had anything to do with that being ego if you are pissed off that someone breaks up with you or wants to move on that is definitely no that is definitely your ego no question 100% is if you are a sponsee and you go and tell your sponsor that you want something different or you've got someone else lined up or you want to look elsewhere and they get mad at you fuck you dodged a bullet again you dodged a bullet you fucking dodged a bullet you know a, a good somebody who's invested in your life will be super stoked because A, it takes balls to do that. Yeah. It takes fucking guts to to break up. And it really is. It's like a breakup. Um, and it takes guts to do that. And you have to do it. You can't like cheat on them. You know, it's because we have this code of conduct now in our lives about honesty, integrity. And uh, it has to be said. So I know A, if he has the balls to say it, he fucking means it. Dude, he's grown up. This is this is growth. This is good. This is good. I've I've done some good in this person's life. If they have the balls to say, I need something better than you. And, also, and it doesn't hurt my feet. I fucking love it. And you you as a sponsee in that position, you fucking have to do it because it's life or death. For life you. or death, exactly. You do what's best for you. All the time. All the time. You don't drink no matter fucking what. And anything that stands in your way, you got to bulldoze over it. Like, like there are polite ways to do it for sure. There, you know, like there's delicate and tactful ways to uh, move on from a sponsor. There are delicate and tactful ways to ask someone to be your sponsor. Not like you had said where you jumped out from a corner out in the parking lot and fucking scared the shit Help out of this me. guy. Be my sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, you got to do that shit. You've got to sack up and go ask that person to be your sponsor. Do if, that guy a favor. Like we said, I like how you circled it, around. And, and also, if it's not working out, do that guy move a favor on. and move, move on. on. Yeah. Show him how you've helped him. Help, help show that sponsor how you've made him a man. 
because it takes a man to make that decision to sack up and do that. It really does. And you're absolutely right. If the sponsor can't see the growth that that is expressing, that that's showing, your willingness and ability to recognize, to rec- first, recognize that a change needs to happen. Uh-huh. And two, to have the courage to say something. If they can't respect, appreciate, and support that, then you've, ma- that, you've yeah. made the exact right decision by, by moving totally, on from them that, anyway. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Oh, that's great. Great episode, I fucking love this shit, Bro, this this fucking... I I did not expect this. You kind of rattled my cage a little bit about how my approach to, like, feeling good about (laughs) sponsees. how bitching I am. Yeah, sponsees. (laughs) Aren't I a good guy? No joke, dude. This this was eye-opening, and I I needed to hear this. This, And and again, going back to the very beginning of the episode, we were talking about, eh, I'm kind of tired, not really wanting to do it. Yet here we are, and I fucking needed to hear all of this tonight. So I'm fucking stoked. Yeah. Yeah, but so that, so that's what I would say. My my parting words: do someone a favor and ask them for help. Definitely, definitely. And uh, my parting shot: hey, go out and be God's bitch today. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Sober Sense Podcast. This episode was presented commercial-free by the Rule 62 Foundation, a nonprofit empowering people to live happy, healthy, and fulfilling lives in addiction recovery through life-building programs and sober social events. If you're struggling with addiction, know someone who is, or want to make a donation, visit r62foundation.org for details. That's r62foundation.org.